and welcome to the Bubbly and Baseball podcast, hosted, as always, by Ed Hand and Bailey Von Schneider. If you love drinking sparkling adult beverages and you also happen to love baseball, then we would love for you to join us every Sunday. So, without further ado, here are Bailey and Ed. Cool. Welcome to uh, another week of Bubbly and Baseball with Ed Hand and Bailey Von Schneider. How are you doing today, Bailey? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I got, uh, you know, we're trying to maybe make bubbly more than just alcohol, especially uh, after last night. Ed was nice enough to guest on our podcast and uh, my other podcast, and uh, I got a little too drunk. I'm like, oh, I'm done. You shit for the whole thing. Yeah, I was like, I'm, I'm like, I'm like too drunk. I'm like too old to be getting this drunk. So I think I'm going to stick to edibles because I feel fine the next day and uh, some good old seltzer. So I got myself a soda stream. So I actually made my own uh, bubbly to the, you know, the, the bubbly drink. So it's a true bubbly in baseball. I'm drinking that is some... a true bubbly. Um, I've got, I've got uh, my sister actually just got back from uh, New Hampshire and she picked up this local uh, Swamp Scott old fashioned ginger ale, uh, family owned, uh, and, you know, I'm going to go see how this tastes right now. You know, ginger ale can be kind of hit or miss sometimes. Yeah. Like, friggin' awesome. And sometimes it tastes just like kind of like somebody poured water on top of ginger. And it's not very good. Oh, let's see. True test. It's not bad. It tastes kind of like ginger beer. more than Oh, it's, yeah. Cause... It's, not, it's not bad. It's a pale dry ginger ale. So it's a mm. pale ale, but not alcoholic. Yeah, I like ginger ale. I'm not, like, super on ginger beer. I think it's because, you know, like, ginger itself can be kind of, like, a harsh flavor. And I feel like ginger beer is, like, harsher than ginger ale tends to be. At least for me. I love love ginger beer. Oh, people uh, love it. I know. It's great. (laughs) uh, Actually, I don't... It's weird. I don't like to mix my drinks very much anymore. Um, I, I... Hard alcohol just gets me, like, really sick, except for, for some reason, tequila doesn't. Of all the things? Tequila yeah, you're fine the, with? <laughs> I think it's, I mean, I think it's partially because when I was in college, my sister lives in Mexico, and she would bring me, like, here's a bottle of this that you can have for the semester. So I'd be drinking that. So I think I've, my body's just more used to it or something. I don't, I don't know. Could be. Could be. But, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely gonna try and transition from the the alcoholic bubbly, but I do enjoy like my soda stream and being able to make my own at home seltzers is kind of cool. Oh gosh. I mean, speaking of drinking, this Ugh. whole, whole negotiations thing with baseball it is drive you to drink. making me <laughs> want to drink. Uh, I mean, it's also making me want to kill myself, but that's, uh, that's, we don't want that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, alcoholism in some ways is just like a very slow suicide. So like if you look at Jack Arawak, that was just like, like a 20 year suicide process, you know? Yeah. And, and I tell you this, what's going on will make you want to do that because oof. Look how dark we've gotten without baseball. It's like it, it, it's like not even five minutes in, and it's just like I'm ready to kill myself. Yeah, it's like where's that bridge? Let's jump off. Yeah, but where is it? Yeah, that's it's just like, and we had another you know meeting today, and nothing, no movements, and it's like nobody wants to blink. 
Can I tell you what pisses me off the most about those? It's not even really the lack of progress, although that's not great. It's afterwards, I can tell you what they're going to say before they do. It's going to be somebody was underwhelmed, the other side moved backwards, they're not sticking to what they said. You know, it's, like, so predictable at this point that it's, like, I don't know. Like, whose who's side is that helping? Do they really think, like, anybody's like, oh, well, I'm on this side now because the other side walked back by, like, a million dollars what they said? Or, you know, it's just it's just so in, infuriating. No, absolutely. And I I'm at the point that, like, the players really, like, the hard thing for the players is they want that, like, what is it, like, $725,000, like, base entry for the first like one to three years i think they that's a really like they want that and they want the luxury tax to be 200 and like like 36 million and yep. i think major league baseball is saying 220 and i'm like we're at a 16 million dollar differential yeah major league baseball shut the fuck up give them the 236 give them like you know it's like hogdale brings it up on pesky report where he talks about how the minimum in baseball is less than the minimum in freaking hockey <laughs> yep. And it, that so being funny. said, there isn't a salary cap in baseball technically. Mm -hmm. There's a soft salary cap, and that's the that's like the collective bargaining tax or whatever, yes. the, uh, competitive bargaining tax. Yep. Sorry, um, which some teams you know use. I think that there does need to. The more I think about it, the more that I think there needs to be a floor. Mm -hmm. Because if you're going to, ha I think that. If you're getting taxed for going above the ceiling, you should get taxed for going below the floor also. I think that would make a lot of sense just to keep these teams that are, like, whining about how uh, they can't spend that much or they'll be taxed extra. Like, fine, okay. How about the Indians and the... Not even I don't even want to say the Rays because they just gave all that money to Wander Franco. Like, I have a much harder time complaining about a team like the Rays than I do, say, I don't know, the Rockies. Yeah, it's really like Cleveland's terrible at it, like not spending. Um, Pittsburgh is really bad at not spending. Like, there's definitely the Marlins really don't spend. You know, yeah, Tampa I mean, doesn't. It's tough. It's tough. Like you it, said, it, it's tough to gauge because I don't mind it as much if the team still manages to win. Like, yeah. just oh, looking yeah. at Tampa, like, I'm not going to say, okay, well, let's force Tampa to spend more money when they're like continually doing it their own way. I'm fine with there being a variety of ways to. It's just some of these other teams. And then you have, like, did you see the report with, like, the four teams that didn't want to go over, like, that did, that voted against that really shitty offer that they made yes. them at the end of the Florida negotiations? You know who one of them was? Well, I know. Yeah, exactly. Of He's the worth, Angels. like, $3.8 And, like, it doesn't make sense to me because, like, he spends. He just doesn't spend it properly. Everything that the Angels touch turns to shit. They have the best, arguably the best two players in the world on their team. I know. And they can't make the playoffs. Nope. They can't even, they haven't made the play, they, they haven't won a single playoff game with Mike friggin' Trout on their team. And I'm sorry, like, yeah. you can say what you want about, like, oh, Trout's not that exciting. You have the best player, in, objectively, the best player in baseball for, like, 10 years on your team. Yeah. And you don't even win a single playoff game? What the heck is wrong with your team? And the problem of the idea of the Mike Trout being quote unquote not exciting, I think is utter bullshit. It's like just watch Mike Trout play baseball. He is exciting to watch. He just doesn't market himself, not just himself, but like Major League Baseball is also shit at marketing the best player in the world, like the best player in the world. 
really like the best player on planet earth at baseball major league baseball like <coughs> bless you who lives in southern california you know like the outskirts of hollywood and people don't know who the fuck he is it's i think more people know who eric judge is than yep. they know who mike trout is honestly Absolutely. and that's a sad state of affairs when that is what is happening. Yeah, people know who Mookie Betts is more because, you know, Mookie played for the Red Sox and then Mookie goes to the Dodgers. He's won two championships. And the only thing is, like, I think Mookie's about as like uh, uh, as exciting on the field as Trout is, but I think he's also as boring off the field. I've never, like, he's done a little bit more once he got to, like, L.A., but, like, eh, I... Yeah. I'm, I'm like the same thing where it's like, eh, like I don't even think you would market Mookie Betts properly. Like it's like I, I don't know. Nobody in the league is, and that's you know Trevor Bauer got attention, but not somebody that you want to be the face of baseball. No, no. And they but and they were all over him for doing anything like marketing himself. Anybody in baseball is. It's very. Uh, I don't understand how you can grow the game when you're not really marketing your players you're cutting your minor league franchises mm -hmm. it's like they're you're, doing everything they can to like regress the sport really yeah but they're getting they still they're still getting those tv deals and i mm -hmm. think that's sort of where the issue is is that the owners have nothing to lose by not playing these games for a certain point and they have nothing to lose if the ratings go down, because the TV deals that they have right now are so friggin' like lucrative for everybody. Yep, they're making so much money, and the problem is, it's like I, I tweeted about this, saying like I wish there was a way we could get our baseball, but also hurt the owners. But no matter what, when baseball comes back, the owners are going to win because we're gonna want, we're gonna put our butts in the seats, and we're gonna watch it on TV. Like, and they, that's how they make their money. So, like, if we want to consume baseball, the owners are going to win. And I, I hate, a part of me hates that, you know? Yeah, it's, but that's the thing. They are the, if they own baseball, by default, they're going to win if we're watching it. We can watch independently yeah. baseball, but it's not the same product. Yeah, it's just, of course. It's just not. And that's, you know, we could watch, um, college baseball it's not the same product and you know you can enjoy that just the same but at the end of the day i think people you know there's an attachment to that team there's mm -hmm. an attachment to that that product and it's very hard to now if baseball is canceled for an entire year if we don't have anything in 2022 that might change things especially yeah. after covid only getting 60 games and all that that mm -hmm. might change things but for now at least you know, nobody's really going to lose their loyalty to it. The people that they lose are the ones that don't really give too many shits about baseball. Yeah. But, you know, it's nice. It's there. And now yeah. you've, like, pissed some people off because, you know, they had a spring training trip planned. Now they can't do it. You put out a bunch of people out of business in Florida and Arizona. Yeah, so many of these people are, you know, that work at the, at the you know, at the ballparks aren't working, you know, and it's... It's detrimental to these people, you know. Sure, the players are missing or losing out on money too, but at the same time, they're already multimillionaires. So it's not as if they're necessarily hurting. Who are hurting are the people that work at these ballparks and really the minor leaguers. Sure, they're going to get their season, but what if there's no major league baseball season? And what if somebody like midway through the 2022 season, you can't absolutely stop Tristan Casas? Like he's on fire. 
he loses the opportunity to play in Major League Baseball because there's no season. You know, things like that. It's it's just upsetting. It's just... Yeah, and it's like you really understand that it's a business, and I get it. I mean, I get it from a business standpoint, but I don't know. Does, like, is Steve Cohen just sitting there being like, I have $13 billion in the bank. Well, not in the bank, but he's worth $13 billion that I have a formaldehyde shock in my goddamn house just because I can have it. Is he really is he really bitching about the luxury tax going to where the players want it? No, I think Steve Cohen's for the luxury tax because he can spend more money. So that's what I don't understand is like I understand like you're already billionaires. Well don't you if somebody said to me you can spend more money to make your team better, I'm like, yes. They're not in it. they're in it to make more money though. They're not in it to to just compete. That's sort of, you know, that's where the issue is. That's why they were so opposed to co-enjoining the league in the first place. Yeah, because he's just gonna, like we've talked about it, and will be the show it. But I'm all for that. If I'm a goddamn billionaire, it's like, it's like, you know, they're not, you're not in this, yeah, you're, you're gonna be making money, but you're already a billionaire. Like, what do you have to lose? And if you have a product where you're winning, how are you not going to be making more money? Because people want to see winners. So I want to win. And that's how you make money by winning. And yes, you have to spend to win most of the time. Like, sure, the Dodgers have had the highest payroll. The Yankees have had the highest payroll and they haven't won in certain seasons. Like, shit happens. But for the most part, you spend, you draft, you develop, you win. You know? Why are you in this business if you don't want to spend money is the biggest question that I have. The way that, like, they try to frame this, like that Rob Manfred and the owners, is that it's, like, some noble thing that they're doing by owning a baseball team because you can't make that much money on Which, first of all, total bullshit, but it's yeah, also absolutely. just, like, this weird victim mentality. You guys are billionaires. You're not the victim of anything here. Yeah, or or we don't make as much money as you think. Fuck you! You already are worth billions, and you're making so much money still you are making money i do not care it costs five goddamn dollars for a single hot dog you are making money <laughs> like i don't think the amount that the players are making affects the uh the total amount that they're charging for a hot dog personally i don't know uh god it's kind of wild how expensive those things are here that you go to like a minor league game and you're like oh this is actually reasonably priced this is great yeah i know the the you know, I remember, and this was a few years ago, uh, at Fenway, especially at Fenway, uh, you know, if you're in the middle of the row and you want a Coke, you send your money all the way down the row. They send the Coke. So my dad sends the $5. And at this point, I think um, the Cokes were like $3.50, let's say. They're probably a solid $5 now anyways. But at this point, they were like $3.50. So my dad, like, does a wave to the guy, and the guy thought the wave meant keep the change. So he literally walked off with my dad's five dollars. My dad looked at me and was like, "Drink it slowly." <laughs> like it was, I've never seen him more angry than paying five dollars for a Coke at Fenway, which is like, I'm sure the standard pricing. I haven't had a Coca Cola in Fenway in years, so I don't really know what the price point is. But five bucks, like <laughs> pretty much. I want to be the guy who's, like, handing the money down, and it's kind of like there aren't that many people, and, like, somebody hands, like, a 50, and I just take the 50, and I just hop into the seat in front of me and take off. Yeah. Like, just sprint away and be like, hey, it pays for my ticket today. Yeah, this is how I make my money. Uh, right. But, yeah, no, so, like, my dad was, like, thinking that the, the guy was, like, keep the change. Nope, nope. But, yeah, it's just these, these are already 
after we talk about how like you know um these players like Scherzer's making like 45 million dollars for like a single season but the 45 million that you're paying Max Scherzer to pitch for the um you know pitch for the the Mets like Cohen knows that like I have two of the best pitchers in goddamn baseball going back to back like I can win with this and I'm gonna put butts in the seat who the hell isn't gonna go see DeGrom Scherzer like come on I mean, the Mets have always done well, too. Just, like, there's a reason that New York can sustain two teams. Like, there's yeah. a lot of people there that want to watch. So I don't think getting butts in the seats is an issue for the Mets. I think that it's winning and shedding that reputation that's going to be good for them. Yes. Yeah. You know, but if they win a few World Series, suddenly they're America's team. The Yankees are no longer that, and they're the dominant force in uh, in New York City. So I, I, I get that. I get that there's a huge potential uh, market there. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just we've you make money. I mean, I would it'd be interesting to to know the true numbers because I'd be interested to see like I've been to Marlins Park. There was nobody there. Like it was great for me. I was like, oh, I had this place to myself. It's all beautiful and everything. Um but I just wanna know like how what 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 do the people that I'm not sure well, Jeter's not affiliated anymore, but the, the person that went and bought the Marlins in conjunction with Jeter. I wonder if Jeter's getting his, like, $25 million investment back. Good question. Yeah. I got Because I know he I mean, put... That whole thing was sort of just, like, kind of a shit show because he was like, oh, well, we're not spending money now, I guess, so I quit. Like, I don't I don't know what happened there. It was it's weird. Just, uh, yeah, it just seemed very... I feel like... I feel like there were things that happened there that were not mentioned. Um... And I wonder, because I heard initially people try to spin it as, like, it's like Jeter being pro-union and not wanting them to tag, but, like, and, like, this is, I remove our Red Sox bias here out of it. Mm-hmm. I don't entirely understand it. Like, was he promised something else, so he left? Is yeah, is he gonna going to end up in on? New York? We, just, we, don't, we really don't know. Um, yeah, we don't know. You're You're 100% right. We don't know. But what do you think of another thing that's come out of these negotiations is that playoff thing where it's like 12 teams, Ugh. 15 teams. And a lot of people are very irate about the idea of there being a 14 team playoff. And yeah, it's a like little it. bit, um, I get it because that's a lot of teams to make. When I was a kid, I would always be like, oh, I wish there was another wild card. And my dad, like, can't even stand the initial wild card. I think that he thinks <laughs> they're being. Uh, like a championship game is too much. I think he wants it to go back to like just the World Series. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that that's what he wants to go back to. But um, you know, for me, it's like, well, I I, I do. So here, here's the thing: it's much mm-hmm. more fun watching your team be in contention and having a shot at the postseason. Yeah. Once you get in, anything ha- can happen. So I don't, on paper, mind that. Look at the playoffs this year, where you had the Red Sox and Yankees playing the wild card game. Mm-hmm. They would have had to do an elimination game anyway. Yeah. So sure. that was really fun. That was really exciting. That's a 10-team playoff. So now it's either going to be 12 or 14, whatever they settle on. I don't know. It doesn't... It just doesn't bother me that much to have more teams there. I think I would rather it stay at 10 or 12. But... You know, if it means getting to watch more meaningful games in September, because this whole playoff run for the 2021 season, for the 2021 Red Sox, was just so much fun. It was. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, It doesn't bother me as much, especially 
if expansion happens, if they add two more teams to the league, and that it's not actually like literally half the league making the playoffs. But um, I've got a lot of, of rambling here. What's your what's your take on this? Yeah, no, I'm all for expansion. I'd love if there were like 32 teams. And like you said, it wouldn't be pretty much half the league. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm not quite your dad. But I, I am an eight teams kind of gal. I really like the, you know, the divisions and then the, the two wild cards from each league. Like, that's how, you know, we won in 2004, like, with, with eight teams. Um, so the, uh, I, I don't know, it's just so hard for me because it's, it's allowing, like, mediocrity to get in. It's like in 2020, like, the freaking Florida Marlins made the playoffs. And I know some people will say like, well, the Florida Marlins could make it. They're not going to win the World Series. How the fuck do you know they're not going to win the World Series? It's about playing a hot-ass hand. What if the Florida Marlins were hot as chips? Perfect example of a hot team making it to the World Series literally was in 2007, like after they're playing that one-game play-in 163 of the um, and pretty much didn't win that game. Like uh, replay would prove that uh, the Colorado Rockies and Matt Holiday did not touch home plate in that game 163. But they played that hot hand from game 163 and took it to the damn World Series. Granted, they there was no chance in hell the Red Sox were just a far superior team. But like you don't know what if what if shit could have happened. The Red Sox could have faltered. Um, it, it, so it's just like that opportunity. Or in literally in 2020. A below 500 Houston Astros almost went to the frigging World Series. Like it, it's just things like that that I I I'm not for celebrating mediocrity. That's really what it comes down to. If all of these 14 teams were like insane and they're all like above 500 and they're incredible and you have multiple hundred game winners and you're like oh thank God you like it, it's like it would be like affording. Uh, Toronto getting in in 2021 where they had 90 plus wins and they don't win whereas you have Atlanta with 88 they get in and they win the whole damn thing so I understand it from that standpoint but like I just don't want a shitty team getting in there right right and 88 games on paper doesn't sound that great that's sort of like my counterpoint to that would be well, okay, let's I, let's look at this and say that um, one of the teams in Atlanta's division won 89 games. Let's say uh, mm-hmm. the Phillies um, performed like maybe they should have on paper, or yeah. like the uh, the Marlins rotation all just hit gold at once. Six Joe Sanchez didn't get hurt. Everybody had a really good year there. And 88 games, they don't make the playoff. That's a world. That's a team that goes on to win the World Series. That's mm-hmm. a team that also qualified because they won their division. They just happened yeah. to be in not a great division. It's a shitty division. <laughs> yep. So that. A, any team can get hot at any time. Yeah. And they did that without their best player. No <laughs> I know. Freddie Freeman, but Ronald Acuna is... And without Soroka, too. Yeah, without their best pitcher and their best hitter. Yeah, it's kind of incredible. And nobody says that that was a Mickey Mouse World Series for the Braves, even though they won 88 games to get in there. So I think the win-loss record, it gets a little tricky there, because is there that... Okay, let's take this back even further. Is there that much of a difference between 88 games and 85 games? And then yeah. is there that much of a difference between 85 games and 81 games? You see what I'm saying? That I do. I do. And you, have, I, you still have to win the games to to get there. And true. It's, yeah. I, I mean, I agree. And I'm pretty sure that it was what, like the, it was either 2006 or 2011 Cardinals. I'm not sure which one. It was one of them. Yeah. It was like, they won 86 games and then won the damn World Series. Yeah. So like, that's really what it is. It's about getting in there and playing the hot hand. But, ugh. 
I don't know. And I guess it's like, are you, are we saying, oh, because the NL East is such ass that like a shitty team could get in there and, and people are saying, well, don't worry, that shitty team's not going to win because, you know, the, um, because both the Giants, like the Giants won the most games and couldn't make it out of the, you know, the, the DS. So it's like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Baseball is, baseball is crazy, really, when it comes to the hot hand, I think, you know? Something that's interesting with how it affects teams also is I think that to an extent, I don't know how much teams are going to change their strategies, but I think that we might see less teams going like less full tanking mode because when you do have to win less games to get into the playoffs, you're you can settle on mediocrity. You can spend mm-hmm. like eighty millions or some or something like that. Um it's just it's it's a really interesting question and i wish it wasn't holding up spring training while they try to figure it out it's true it's true i mean yeah we're just and i don't know and and, then it's fun to be seeing the younger guys down there but it's still really and like this could be the future but it's still it's it's not the same it's not Having, uh, you know, J.D. Martinez walking into JetBlue Park or having Rafael Devers or Xander Bogarts or Chris Sale, a healthy Chris Sale. Like, I mean, the only thing that's to the advantage of the Red Sox in a situation like this is um, the guys that have been hurt. Like, we potentially could, Paxton could have a bigger purpose for the 2022 Red Sox than he potentially could have you know, in um, a full 162, depending on whenever the hell the season starts, um, <laughs> you know, because um, he's definitely more of a future plan. Like he, he he will pitch at some point in 2022, but he'll be more of like a Chris Sale 2021 version versus like Chris Sale 2022 version is probably what, um, you know, a James Paxton's 2023 would look like. So right. you potentially have a, a, a great, especially if you, you re-sign Evaldi, let's say, at, at a price point that's beneficial for the Red Sox. Like, you're setting up a potentially, like, lethal rotation in, like, 2023. Assuming that Paxton comes back and does what they want him to do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the, the thing with Tommy John surgery is that I feel like the first year when you come back, regardless, you're not going to be at full strength. We no. saw that with Sale last year. Yeah. Your control is always that last thing. So I think that putting anything as far as Paxton goes on this year is is pushing it, but it could, it does take the pressure off of him to an extent to like get back there. And I think that's, I think that's really good. Absolutely. And it's, and I think it was smart of what Bloom did, like just being like, this guy's like when healthy is like really, really good. Like let's, let's give him like incentivize him and have him be a part of our future. You know, like a, a lefty, like, I mean, Paxton's really, really good. When Paxton went to the Yankees, I was pissed. Like, it didn't really work out for the Yankees, but um, let's hope it works out for us. It's, yeah, he's one of these guys, and I feel like you see, like, this is like what uh, Rich Hill was for the longest time, where when they're healthy, they're really good, and the stuff is all there, and they just can't stay healthy. We saw that with, you remember Mark Pryor? Yes. Oh, what, yeah. a, what a shame. Same with Kerry Wood. Like, the oh, they yeah. had Pryor and Wood could have been so beneficial for the Cubs, but yeah, neither of them could stay healthy. It's just like, I don't know. I think that for, at least for me right now, what I really want more than anything else is just some kind of certainty with like when MLB is going to start. 
Yes. You know what's kind of wild, and we were talking about this a little bit before the show. When you look at the Red Sox rotation right now for like Triple A, they've got like <laughs> nobody. <laughs> so normally their mm-hmm. rotation going into the season on paper, it was going to be. Um, I'm just getting this. Uh, I put up the wrong thing. I put up the death chart when what I really wanted was projected <laughs> rosters. Rosters, yeah. Prospects is my only resource, so. It's a great, um, great resource. The, the, the rotation is listed as Connor Siebold. Okay, 40, yeah, right. Cutter, number one, Cut, Cutter Crawford, number two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh Winkowski, who was the uh, the key return in the Andrew Benintendi trade, um, mm-hmm. got moved up towards the end of the season at AA, and he's, uh, you know, he's, he's seen as a starter. Mm-hmm. He's the number three guy. Then the number four, Kyle Hart, who we saw up a little bit in 2019, 2020, not really. Not, not a lot of hope there, but you never know. And then Brian Keller, who was the uh, minor league rule five pick off of the Yankees this year. Uh, mm. But he's not a reliever. He, he's not a starter. He's more of like a swing man type. But the problem is with all the guys on the 40 man not uh, being eligible to play, Siebold, Crawford, and Winkowski are all gone. So you've got Kyle Hart as your only actual starter in that rotation. So what happens in a case like that? Do you then shift guys that would be double-A guys? We're like, we have to bring you up to triple-A? Like, what happens in that case? I think that we're going to see more, like, relief games. I think that there's, like, you know, guys Mm. go two innings a bunch. I think that we could. They have a couple of guys at double-A that I could see being moved up. Um, unfortunately, Jay Groom and Brayden Bello are also on the 40-man roster, so yeah. it's not going to be them, but they've got um, Victor Santos, who is um, a guy that's moved fairly quickly through the minors, is somebody that I think could... Um, he did pretty well at AA last year. You've got Brandon Walter, who um, was the Sox Prospects minor league pitcher of the year last mm. year. Now, he hasn't pitched above uh, high A yet, but he's also mm. 26. So Ooh, he's a little bit older for that for that level. He's um, a lefty with just filthy strikeout stuff. There's also Chris Murphy, who's another uh, yeah. prospect. And somebody like Brian Van Bell, you can realistically see moving quickly just because he was a college pitcher. Um, but it's tough. It's really tough with some of these guys because, yeah, they like might have to move up quicker than they want them to. And that doesn't always, you think like, oh, there's not that much of a difference between AA and AAA. <laughs> Tell that to Jeter Downs, who basically yeah. skipped AA and promptly got his ass handed to him when he got to AAA for the first time. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really, so while we don't have at this point MLB, I like the idea of still, like it's kind of the opposite of 2020. Where it was, we didn't have the minors. Yeah. We got the majors. We're getting the minors. We're potentially not getting the majors right now. But it's just seeing the strides that someone like a, a Jeter Downs could potentially take. I do love that we live in a world, though, where Jeter Downs was an important part of that Mookie Betts trade. And I am in, I am more excited about the guy that's potentially below him in the depth chart with, you know, Nick York, that I think that he's. Well, I think he's the the future of the Red Sox, unless Peter Downs. But then you'll get the the asshole I hated Mookie Betts uh, trade fans yeah. that'll say, "Well, if he doesn't work out for the Red Sox, who cares? He could be a piece of a trade to bring in somebody else that could help the Red Sox that you don't probably potentially get if you've given Mookie Betts three hundred sixty five million dollars." Right, right. I've got some bad news for you though. Both Peter Downs and Connor Wong. 
and Alex Verdugo, the entire return for the Mookie Betts trade, they're all the 40 man. Yeah, yeah. So, so we're not seeing them. Uh, guys that oh, we yeah. get to see at AAA this year, though, Tristan Cassis is. Yes, okay. that's right. Uh, the guys listed in their starting lineup, Cassis, we're going to get to see. Good. Yulmer Sanchez is listed as the starting third baseman. I think we're going to see him more at second base because Jonathan Arrows is on the 40 man. We'll oh, get to you're see right. Him. He is. Yep. Um, we'll get to see uh, Franchi Cordero. Yes, Franchi, go. He's not on the 40 man anymore. No, he's, he's not. Minor league free agent. We'll get to see two non roster invites uh, Kristen Stewart, who was a former first round pick out of the Tigers. Great so, actor, too. We'll also <laughs> It's a good spelling for Kristen. It's a fun one. C R I S T I N. Yep. Yeah. It's uh, literally because some people are like, "Is it Christian?" I'm like, "No, it's actually Kristen. His it's name Chris- is Kristen Stewart." Yeah. John. It's Kristen. Nope. It's Kristen. Uh, He's Kristen Stewart. <laughs> and then we've also got uh, Roberto Ramos, who was a guy that they picked up for free. I think he hit first baseman hit like 37 home runs mm. there. Um, so of the, the batters, there's some interesting guys. We'll probably get to see, um, they brought back Johan Miesis, the guy oh, who hit that whole run off of the train. I, well, yeah, we were there that night, I remember. He looks like Vladdy Jr. Yep. Um, he's like the, um, like the target brand Vladdy Jr. and how, both yeah. how he hits and how he looks. A <laughs> um, couple of interesting infielders, Grant Williams, not to be mistaken with the basketball player. Yeah. Different doesn't ones. strike out a ton. He's like one of these guys who's just a pure contact hitter or a real throwback. Oh, cool. And then there's Ryan Fitzgerald, who is a player that I actually think could end up getting um, a cup of coffee to the majors because he's one of these guys who kind of doesn't do anything great, but he does it all well enough. Plays just about every position. He'll throw a walk. He'll steal a base. He'll hit a home run. Um, and he's really, he's 27 now. He was one of these guys that came from indie ball, but he's moved up pretty steadily every year. Um, and I think that he's the sort of guy who would be sort of like Jack Lopez was last year, where he can come in in a pinch and really help you out. That'd be great. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see how the the rosters shake out from the levels. Like, uh, obviously, we know Casas is going to be first base uh, in Worcester. But, like, do you – where do you foresee, um, like – you know, wh- where do you think that Nick York is going to, is it going to be uh, a plus ball like he ended or do you yeah. think he'll try to get him to Portland or wh- where are you thinking he's going to start? So I think York is going to start at uh, Greenville because for starters, um, second base is pretty occupied for the, um, for the double A team. There's mm-hmm. Christian Koss, there's David Hamilton and there's Cameron Cannon. Those okay. are three guys that the team has actually invested in costs, who had a very good year that he was able to turn into a um, an Arizona Fall League appearance. Um, is probably going to be the shortstop there, but he's a guy who can play second as well. He's an infielder. They traded, um, I'm honestly blanking on the, it was a deal with the Rockies, and it was a guy on the 40-man that they needed to give up, and they traded him to get costs back. That David Hamilton came over in the Hunter Renfro trade. He's oh, yeah. very fast. Um, another one of these guys who could play out like uh, you remember Willie Bloomquist at all? Somebody oh, like yeah. that. Like one of these utility guys who overperforms his talent level. Hmm. And then there's also Cameron Cannon, who uh, was a, was not. I think they lost their first round pick that year. I forget why, uh, but um, Cannon was their highest. Over? It might have been that. I, I honestly don't remember. But they took Cannon with their top pick that year. And he was he was out of Arizona State, big baseball factory, and um kind of started off slowly, but he had a decent year at high A last year. And I don't think they're 
just going to dump him right now because they because uh, York had a good like month in Greenville. So I think that you're going to see York starting off as um, as a uh, as a second baseman for uh, Greenville, and if he continues to hit, then maybe come late June or early July, then we see him in Portland. Uh, but it also depends on how these other things move around. Say Cannon gets red hot, or say somebody gets mm-hmm. hurt in AAA, you can see movement when something like that happens. It's really uh, difficult to predict the movement of the season through uh, based based on just like where they are right now. Um, mm-hmm. Things happen as the season goes on, and uh, the team will react accordingly. That's yeah, that's an interesting way to look at it but uh i don't know man i'm just so excited for him like i'm mostly like i'm really excited for casas obviously but like i don't know i am so excited for nick york and i just like i think i'm extra excited because when they put picked him we everybody was like huh (laughs) you know it was a collective what you you know i I don't think he's gonna be a second baseman Um, where do you think he's gonna end up i think left field um i think think he can handle it uh, yeah, I do, because I don't think that it's a matter of athleticism. I just think that he's a little better suited for it. Hmm. Um, he's not one of these guys that, like, is immobile or anything like that. He was a shortstop in high school, but he had to have arm surgery, and that's how he ended up moving to second. Um, I just think that the defense isn't going to come together as fast as they want it to, but that'll be there, and they'll find a place for him if that happens. But when you look at the Red Sox minor league system, there's a good amount of infield depth. There's a good amount of first base depth. There isn't that much outfield depth. Hmm. You've got Gilberto Jimenez at Salem or Greenville. You've got uh, Jaron Duran at AAA, who's looking more and more like a fourth outfielder every day. And then after that, it's not you're not really seeing that many outfielders that are particularly um, you know like high on the food chain. So I could see them moving him. I could potentially see Alex Benellis, the guy, what the other part of the yeah. uh, pro trade, mm-hmm. <laughs> being moved to the outfield. They've got. This really terrific, fun kid in uh, high A named uh, Sedane Raffaella, who was the uh, Red Sox defensive player of the minors last year, um, who plays outfield and he plays all the infield positions, too. I could see his focus being moved to like center field or something like that, just because, you know, as previously mentioned, there is some depth them at uh at, at second base and third base i mean last so. time we made our second baseman an outfielder it kind of worked out for us it's all right uh what would it be very interesting to see if like if the red sox didn't and because at the time you know you have dustin Pedroia. Uh, sorry mookie Betts, you're not you're not playing second base <laughs> at, that, at that especially at that point because it's a it's a healthy hall of fame track Dustin Pedroia at that point, so you're gonna be out in the outfield. So um, I just wonder if, say, we didn't have a Dustin Pedroia, what what kind of a fielder would Betts have been at second base? Like, would he have, you know? I think that Betts would have been uh, Gold Glove caliber any, anywhere you put him. Honestly. Yeah, probably. And that's you know he was just like he's one of those talents where he's just the natural you know like you yeah. put him, you, they could have put him at first base and he would have been a Gold Glove first baseman you know um, that's just sort of how Mookie Betts is and that's why you know he's getting the money he ended up getting. Yeah. It's insane. It's just insane to to see. That's the thing about baseball is that like talent can lie anywhere in the draft, but like what, how, how, how does a Mookie Betts fall to you know like a a fifth round pick? 
Well, I mean, when he first came up to Lowell, he wasn't, he was not, his first year at Lowell, he wasn't Mookie Betts. He did struggle, right, in the minors? Yeah, he really struggled initially, and I think he was a shortstop, and they had to kind of convince him, the the big thing for him was making him more assertive and trusting his own ability. Um, He was a fifth-round pick, though, as uh, you said, he's not, wasn't somebody... That was overly scary. I think some of it might have also just become, been because he was scouted as a basketball player also. He, like, had some yeah. offers and, like, that sort of thing. I'm sure he could have played college baseball if he wanted to. Yeah, but. he was committed to Tennessee, right? So did, commi- so did commitments play into this? I, it, sometimes. You know, you're not sure whether or not they're going to accept fifth-round money or, uh, you know. Um, I, I can't claim to really know how that portion of the draft works planning like you know and i think it's gonna that's gonna change now that it's down to 20 rounds too just because you can't like take a shot at a guy in the 32nd round or something like that Mm -hmm. oh are they staying with the 20 rounds that's like a hard yeah and i actually i kind of don't mind it just because i think that it makes the draft picks more valuable and it means that Mm -hmm. you actually have to commit to the guys that you're drafting instead of just like well who cares Right, yeah, so that, that doesn't bother me quite as much. Um, and it's also like, I, I hate to say this, but you've got one less team to fill now with the short season A stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, yeah, so it's very interesting. That, but I do I do appreciate that you can just find talent literally anywhere. Or that, you know, we look at Mike Trout and we talk about how he's the best player in Major League Baseball. And that, yeah, he was a first-round pick. Like, let's, let's, not, let's not be like, oh, we found Mike Trout in the 48th round man was a first round pick but you still look at his talent and you're like how is that not a 1-1 like how did he go 25th and then not only did he go 25th the angels had two picks they had 24 25 and they picked yeah. randall gritchick so you could have taken trout at 24 you still technically prioritize randall gritchick over my trout. i mean at that point, it's. I feel like it's just like alphabetical order. G comes before maybe, T. That's that's maybe. the only way I could justify you, that. <laughs> you knew you were gonna get him regardless. When you have, he's still there at twenty four. You're like, oh yeah, twenty four, twenty five. We can just take Trout at twenty five. But we're gonna get him because we have the next two picks. But it's still hilarious to me that like Randall Grichik was the pick that the Angels made above. <laughs> God, and poor Randall Grichik is just never. I mean, he's not a bad player. No, that's not he's a totally, knock at Randall. He's totally Grichik. adequate. Yeah, there's a difference between being Randall Gritchick and Mike Trout. That's the only yeah. thing. Not a knock at Randall Gritchick. Oh, know? yeah. Absolutely. Right. I just find it funny. <laughs> it is. Oh, gosh. So, um, there's not that much to talk about right now. Really That's, either. again, and we talked about this last week. Like, we're, you know, like, it's fun kind of going over these things. But what, over the next month, are you looking forward to, Bailey? What do you want to talk about more on this show? I mean, I would really like to, like, cause get more into the minors. I think it'd be really cool. Like, if we have to, obviously, we have to pivot. We have to transition. So if we sort of focus, especially when we will be getting a minor league season, we can sort of, cause we do these like every Sunday. Like, we could do like highlights of like what's going on in, you know, not even just like the Red Sox minors. Like, minors as a whole, we could do. I think that would be a lot of fun to do yeah. that. Um, I'm really hoping that Nesson's gonna be throwing up games, like. I don't know. I'm planning on getting an MILB.com subscription just because oh, right. I do I do all the tweeting for Sox prospects, and mm-hmm. it's just easier if you have yeah, it, it to do it at when it's in front of you. You just pick a game. Notch. And also, like, 
that's like that's my medicine. That's like how I mellow out is just kind of putting a game on. Like I get really bad seasonal depression, but I don't know how much of it is because of the uh, the darkness and how much of it is just because I don't have any games to watch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you do, when you are used to something and it's part of your routine, your routine changes. It's like it's detrimental to you. It's just like I'm like, what am I? Look, the baseball. I know that. Like at the end of the day, I usually would here it's 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 very different for me living on the east coast so i'll most likely miss the games but like what i would do is with mlb tv um they get archived so like i would go to work i'd come back i'd do my best to avoid the score and then you know i just throw it up and like watch my game on my time in the evening so that i at least know that like my evening for the most part would be with watching you know watching the games and yeah how do you manage to avoid the spoilers, like, and still be active on social media? That's, that's the problem. Uh, like, it worked totally fine for, like, the 2020 season because, like, I wasn't working. I was home. So I was watching everything with my parents in real time. And that's, that's really kind of- when I got into, twi- like, tweeting about baseball was that. So it's definitely more of a, of a, of a difficulty. But then again, with, with my job now, uh, most of, you know, when, when we figure out what the COVID situation is, a big part of my job at Paramount is giving tours and um, usually those the tours are scheduled from about 9 a.m. to 3.30 so like I would be giving my last tour around the time that I could then get back home I only live about 10-15 minutes from Paramount I could get back home and probably have only maybe missed an inning or two of real time after my day of work is done type situation so like I potentially could watch if we get a season as in is as in real time as possible but. What's what's your prediction right now? What's your prediction for oh, when we're gonna be? How many games have we? How many? We lost not, the first two week series. We're losing more. We're losing yeah, we're all. Definitely games. losing. I'm sorry. More. Um, oh, shit, man. I would I would potentially love May baseball at this point. I think we're potentially losing all of April. I mean, I, I just think, yeah. I don't know how we're getting April games. I mean, our spring training. I'm gonna feel bad for these guys. I mean, I know a lot of them are really trying to keep in shape. They're doing a lot of things that they can, doing their own spring training, but it's still not the same as playing games. Like, no, you can have – so they're losing that, and we saw how detrimental that was to some guys in 2020 with a short in spring and how hard it was to, you know, get back grades. And I think if we do come to uh, an agreement soon, I do believe that we will have more than 60 games, so it potentially gives guys more of a chance to fix out some of the kinks that they had within those 60 games but um shit man at this point so like if we lose a full month are we are we thinking like between 125 and 130 is potentially a season oh god bless your optimism i mean i would yeah that's i think that's way too optimistic <laughs> but i don't know I, I don't know what do you think i guess 81 games oh fuck i'm gonna stay on that and the reason that i'm gonna stay on that is because that if we get more than that i'm gonna be really happy yeah all right, so that's, good. Setting, so, that's called setting the bar low. Uh, so that you I can like that logic. <laughs> I like the logic. Um, I would be thrilled with like a hundred. Like, oh, that'd be losing, great. Losing sixty-two. I mean, like I would hate to lose sixty-two, but I just love how like the players and the fans are like baseball is one hundred sixty-two games. It has been yeah. for I'm not sure exactly when it be the hard it became one sixty-two, but it's yeah. been for multiple years. Yeah. Um, so we have the 162 that we play, and, you know, it's technically not as profitable for, uh, you know, it's profitable for 
California because it's always warm here. That you're yeah. like, I'm going to go to a game in April in San Diego and it's going to be gorgeous. Versus like you go to a game in April at Fenway, you could potentially be freezing your ass off. So less I love you with that though, because I always get cheap good seats for that. Yeah, exactly. Right next to Pesky's Pole for like 30 bucks. It's great. Exactly. So the thing is, they're not making the money. So they don't give a shit. <sighs> they're making their money when it's warm. So they're fine with having 100 games. They're going to love having 100 games. Capitalism gone too far. I don't want a 100 game season. That's the thing. The stats don't mean anything until you really hit like the 130 territory. Yep. So, and I just worry that they're going to start wanting to like do like, well, let's go back to 154 games. Let's cut it down to. I don't want like an like an NBA season where it's like 82 games and they play yeah. three times a week. Like the thing with baseball that's so great is that it's every day. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's 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 a marathon. It's a I, I love the comparison of baseball being a marriage and football being sex. Yeah. You like have that. your marriage every day. It's a marathon. You got the dog days of August. You've got games where it's like an all rota- uh, bullpen guy game. You've got games that, you know, like you're just, you're going to lose a third of your games no matter what. You're going to win a third of them no matter what. Yeah. Whereas football, it's like 15 games. It's every Sunday. You make a huge deal out of it. Everyone throws a lot of money at it. Yep. But it's not the same. I like the daily comfort. Yeah, me too. I agree. I like being able to watch it. I'm a person that, you know, um, I think I like uh, Will Middlebrook had uh, tweeted something along the lines of like, oh, um, the the people that don't like a three hour and 15 minute game, you know, they're not going to be here for two hours and 45 minutes. You know, like th- that's yeah. not going to change them. Oh, yeah. You know, it's. I don't know. Don't, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I get I get it to an extent with that. I think that if you cut out these, you know, like, I, and I hate to put it this way, but when a pitcher's wild and they walk like four guys in a row and the catcher keeps coming out, the pitching coach keeps coming out, and, you know, it's been an hour and you're in like the bottom of the second inning. Yeah. Okay, I get that. Those games aren't that fun to go to. I did. I went to one of those this year. It was that really humid day or last year. When um, it was Red Sox, Royals, and it was Nick Pavetta for the Red Sox, mm-hmm. and he just could not locate his curveball to save his oh, life. God. The guy on the other team couldn't do it either. <laughs> and, you know, I'm there with my mom and my sister, and they're not quite as into this as, you know, they're not as into the level of watching this guy totally, guys on both teams totally failed to throw strikes. I think it was 8-8 in the fifth inning. We'd been there for three hours. <laughs> of course. So, you know, like, I get that. I, 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 it's just like, how do you, how do you shorten that though? What, you're yeah. going to make it three balls, two strikes? You're going to have them start, you're going to make this softball and everyone starts with a one, one count. You're going to make it so foul balls aren't unlimited anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's true. It's true. And my thing is you pay out, I'm paying out the ass. I want as much baseball. I want my money's worth, you know? Oh, yeah. Give me my full, give me my 18-inning game. I love extra-inning baseball. I like, I mean, like, it's not as fun when I have work the next day. Of course. Yeah. And you just have a hangover. It's like a baseball hangover. But, but, yeah, I mean, I I really hope we're going to get baseball. I'm I'm optimistic that we're going to get baseball. Like, it's going to happen. Just how much baseball are we getting? Well, Major League Baseball. Yeah. Major League uh, a big thing here. Yeah, because, again, we're getting a full minor league season. Yeah, which is great. When does the minor league season usually end? Is it the end of August? Because then they get the call-up? Uh, it's usually end of August, and then there's like a playoff. But this year, they, um, they just they recently announced that I think they're playing. It's on like a 150-game season now, which is oh. actually really cool. I'm, you know, like, I do like... <sighs> 
I do like that even if they've cut down on the amount of minor league teams, at least they're playing more games now. I think that that's a good thing. Because it also gets them more used to that schedule, you know? Mm -hmm. So you're going to have guys like less likely to get hurt having to adjust to it the next year. So I think that that's a good thing. And these AAA teams have rabid fan bases. They really do. Yeah. Just, I went up to uh, see the Columbus Clippers play a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. It was like a sellout every game there. Yeah, when I Worcester was really packing them in too. You know, people are excited. Woosocks put on so and like on, I'm just so excited to be going back there because mm -hmm. like with the additional parking. Oh yeah, really, what did they, they get more parking? Yeah, oh my god, the parking situation there's a nightmare. Yeah. At least it was last year, but they were building stuff. You know, they oh, opened it before they were done with everything. So well, that's good then. Yeah, like when I went, my um, cousin is older and he had handicapped, so we literally were like boom, and right across the street. But I could only imagine what it was like if you didn't have somebody who had a handicapped placard. Well, it was it was kind of funny because I talked to you because I was, um, I, cover I cover games for uh, Real-Time Sportscast, which is basically, they do gambling odds, and mm -hmm. they take, like, this is how they do them, is through, like, this live stuff because people will bet on everything. <laughs> um, yeah. And I'm just basically calling the game while I'm there to some guy on the phone who's updating their computer or whatever. But I was going to games there pretty much every home game because I was unemployed this summer other than this. Um, and, it, you know, it paid decently. I'm not getting benefits. But, again, I was there. I, I went to, like, over 40 games last year. That's awesome. Which, it was great. I had a blast. Um, but for parking, I couldn't get, like, a deal to have them cut my parking rate. And I couldn't, because of COVID, I couldn't get, like, a press box that passed. I couldn't get a press pass or anything, which was really frustrating because I wasn't, mm -hmm. like, a priority for this. So I'm in, like, you know, I was in left field pretty much every game because that's the only place where the um, acoustics will work when you're on your phone for the whole game. Mm -hmm. But also, I was paying 15 bucks for parking a game. Oh, God. Plus, I was buying my own ticket, and they reimbursed that. But at the end of the day, like, I'm supposed to be doing 150 a game, and I was probably, I was getting closer to, what, like, 100, which. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's not, it's not worth it. At the, I mean, it's still worth it because yeah. it's fun, and you're getting the experience, but. Oh, yeah, no, it was great. And I'm going to be doing it again this year, just to, I don't think as much. I think, like, it's it's not going to be. It's not going to be, like, five days a week. It's also just a lot of, because um, you're on the phone the whole time. You don't really get to enjoy the game. Enjoy the game, time. yeah. Yeah, um, but I mean, I don't know. Like you're just, I I, I don't know what's gonna happen. Like, I hope, I hope we, I hope we get baseball. That's yeah. really all I well, can say. Whatever well, it is that does happen, we will be following the minors next week. Will mm -hmm. be another minor league baseball focused episode, and probably us bitching about uh, the collective bargaining. Yeah, agreement. We'll talk. We'll talk about baseball, not. MLB, but uh, yeah. hopefully we won't be as depressed about that aspect because we'll at least be talking about these these minor guys and getting exactly. excited about them. It'll be baseball. It just won't be major yes. than baseball. Yeah. Um, but so, we'll get baseball. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Um, if you have any questions for us that you want us to cover, we're really happy to do that. Um, you know, uh, just give us give us some ideas if you want to. Um, you can follow me or Bailey's individual account. Mine's mm -hmm. uh, at hand eight. Yeah, I'm I'm at Brawl line eighty nine. So, are you actually German? Where does that come from? Uh well, the last name is very German. It, but it my is aggressively German. Yeah. Um, my grandfather was adopted though. So oh, we have no. He was born Humphrey Paul. <laughs> Thank God. 
So technically, he's a cool name. I'm sorry. Yeah, he was born Humphrey Paul, and then he. I actually is a funny story. It's not that funny. I uh, I my last name is different than my father's, so um, my father's last name is Schneider, and I'm Vaughn Schneider, and it's because my dad didn't like the way Bailey Schneider sounded and didn't want my initials to be BS, pretty much. <laughs> and um, yeah, so he thought, and like I'm pretty sure that most of the Schneider side of the family like assumed that it was my mom's idea when it was not at all. It was actually my dad's. Being he had said he's like. What if we add a Vaughn in front of it and have it be because Vaughn is like of, so it's right. pretty much of Schneider. And my mom was like, no, I really like it. So both yeah. me, so literally we have three, we're a three family household. I'm an only child, but all three of us have different last names because my mom never changed her last name. My dad's last name is Schneider and I'm Vaughn Schneider. So weird. I like how much of this was built around like your parents being like, I don't want her to get bullied. Yeah, yeah, right. And then my mom, speaking of, the complete opposite. My mom be like, wow, Bailey Von Schneider sounds like a good stripper name, too. I was like, wow, thanks, Mom. <laughs> I mean, for my name, uh, my parents were going to name me Abraham and thought that I'd get bullied too much. So they went with Edward. And then three years later, that fucking hack Tim Burton came out with Edward Scissorhands. Oh, my uh, God. Yes. How awful. Did... Just yeah. bad timing, dude. I mean, <laughs> and my middle name starts with an S also, so that didn't exactly help. But Edward honestly, S. Hands? Yeah. No, no, I, uh, oh my god. Yeah, but, um, no, it, my mom was a substitute teacher, and we'd get a lot of friend calls when I was in, like, fourth grade, being like, can I talk to Mrs. Handjob? Um, which, you know, I was in fourth grade, so I was kind of like, oh no, our last name is Hand, you've got the wrong number. Yeah. Because, you know, like, I didn't, I didn't know what the fuck that meant. Of course, <laughs> right? And now, is Hand a Jewish last name? Not exact. no. So, my... My parents, it, it's kind of funny because, like, on the deed, like, the deed that, like, they came, that side of the family, I think, came from Poland. Mm. Uh, but their last name was Hand on that. Mm. It was, like, um, and I think it's just because everybody on my dad's side of the family had these, like, enormous cabbage-sized hands. Um, <laughs> so they're like, we're going to make this just surname. Yeah. Pretty, pretty much, like, there's, it's like a British last name. It's like, yeah. Lord Hand, and, like, you know, there's, like, a baseball player, Brad Hand, and all this. But yeah. It's not, like... Something that's like you you don't look at hand and think like that's clearly a Jewish last name. Um, yeah. My mom's maiden name is Wald, and that was like shortened from something else uh, when they oh, got to yeah. the US. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, it's like there's a bunch of like there's another like on the other like my grandmother's maiden name was like Harris, so it was just like super Americanized. And like I, you know, like I have blue eyes. I don't think that anybody. I I don't think that most people are like a hundred percent anything at this point. Oh, uh, huh. So I don't. I wish I had a better idea of my genealogy there, but uh Yeah, you could always do like one of those ancestries and sort of figure out Yeah, what you but are. then I might accidentally get somebody that I'm related to convicted of like being a serial killer or something. So Oh wait, that has know. happened before. Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> yeah. was that whole uh <laughs> with like the gold what was it, the Golden Gate Strangler or whatever. Yeah, it was because of like a, the DNA test. <laughs> hey. Yeah, it's like I I, I, I don't want to accidentally betray someone, you know? Yeah. Yeah, or be like, or find out that like your your uncle is like a serial killer. You're like, oh yeah. shit. Oh, I definitely don't, like. Yeah, it's entire. It's not altruistic. I don't want that for me. Right. Exactly. But yeah, for all lines. So technically, I have no actual G uh, German heritage. Or I mean, who the hell knows? I mean, I haven't. I could do a genealogy test and find out. Yeah. But for as far as I know, I'm like Irish, French, Italian, uh, and probably like a UK 
smorgasbord. That is a lot of things, yeah. You know, I'm getting um, Austrian citizenship. Really? That's cool. Yeah, my mom and my sister just got it, and I'm, like, in the process of it, uh, because I... <laughs> I, just, I didn't have a passport at the time that they were doing it, so, like, I, I mean, I had one, I just hadn't yeah. seen um, so I got a little bit of a uh, of a late start on that, but yeah, um, I mean it's true for a lot of people. Like my um, my girlfriend's mom is qualified to get like Irish citizenship if she wants it. If like you had a grandparent from there, and, yeah, um, my grandfather yeah. was born in Italy, so I mean I don't know if Do you know where in Italy. Uh, yeah, I was born in like Naples. Oh, cool. Um, my dad works in Italy, so like oh, that's cool. I love. I went to Italy. I loved Italy. But yeah, no, the only things that I for sure know that I am is like Irish, Italian, and like French Canadian. That's like it. That's and like the three main populations of Boston. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. I'm a, I'm a lot of I'm a lot of Boston. Uh so it just fits. But yeah, at Fraulein eighty nine, so F R A U L E I N. And it pretty much means like miss in German. But I think it's cool. Like Fraulein eight nine, it kinda like has a little bit of like a, a rhyme to it. And Fraulein. it's fun to say. Yeah, and I really liked it. I wanted a handle that was kind of fun. So um I'm I'm a fan of it. So yeah, and then you can also find us at, at Bubbly Baseball. That's our handle for the show. <laughs> Just but. like comparing our usernames where you're like, oh, these are having fun, and I'm just like, my name will suffice. No, so many people just do that. I mean, I appreciate when, like, a celebrity will do something cool. Like, my favorite thing is, like, it appears, or it appears to be kind of a plane, but, like, if you really look at it, it's really cool what Anna Kendrick does. Hers is at Anna Kendrick uh, 47, but if she does a capital A and a capital K, so technically it's at AK47. <laughs> Oh, that's kind of cool. So, like, things like that, I'm like, oh, yeah. I, I kind of appreciate that you're being kind of punny in a way, uh, rather than just, like, the at real Reese Witherspoon. It's like, come on, Reese. Make I want to know how many fake Reese Witherspoons there are. I want to do, uh, I want more, like, fake personalities. Or there. I want, uh, like, Reese Witherspoon's official, like, verified Twitter to be at fake Reese Witherspoon just to F with everybody. <laughs> type of a situation like that but yeah when celebrities are just like at real whatever i'm like come on celebs be fun give me something cool like if i suddenly became a celebrity or like verified on twitter i would not change to like real bailey i'm like no it's same fall line eight nine you know <laughs> let the imposters have their day yeah impersonate me all you want on twitter like why <laughs> even do that i've never understood the idea of so that's why like verified accounts are cool because you, you actually know whether yeah. or not it's most likely not the celebrity. It's like they're like DiCaprio is not tweeting. It's his people. Um, there definitely are some actual celebrities. People that are like a little lesser known are for sure actually tweeting and you can really interact with them. And like that in and of itself is really, really cool. But yeah, just come on, get some originality out there, famous people. Do it. You know what? Please. You know what's kind of awesome though? What's a great feeling with those blue checks is when one of them follows you. Yeah. Because kind of I had Dan Roche of WBZ follow me. Oh, that's awesome. And I was like, what the fuck? How? Right, yeah, you've been racking up the followers, Ed. Dude, I got over a thousand now. I'm freaking like I'm getting uh, a cool following. Yeah, I don't. I also have like eight hundred something, but like eight ten. I don't even know. I could be like eight oh three. Um, but like I also don't follow people. Like I never went on a massive follow spree. So like, had I done that, it's like that helps you generate like more. Oh, definitely. Too. You know how much of a dick I am too. Like I will follow a bunch of people and I'll check it like two weeks later, and if they haven't followed me back, I'll unfollow all of oh. them. My my ass goes to unfollowed on Twitter 
because I'll see, I'll, like, I'll check it yeah. and I'll see if somebody unfollowed me. I'm like, bitch, I ain't following you. Like, and I'm mostly like, I followed you because you followed me type of a situation. Exactly. It's literally exactly. all baseball people and like Chris Evans. Like, I don't even like follow celebrities that I even like on Twitter. Like, I'll follow them more on Instagram. But like, I like, I'm like, literally, like, I'll follow like Jennifer Garner. One, she doesn't have, I don't think she has a Twitter. She only has like an IG. But like, I follow her on IG. Even if she had a Twitter, like, I don't think I'd be following Jennifer Garner on Twitter because like, I, I get Twitter's for like interacting with like baseball people and like getting my baseball news. That to me is like what Twitter is. Yeah, you know? that's basically. I can look at your hot body on IG, voice. but like. <laughs> but anyway, it's this has been uh, we're you know we're in. We should have spring training. We don't. Hopefully, we'll have better news next week. But yes. until then, as always, thank you for joining us.